Hey, Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, are you a people pleaser? Going to talk about that. Going to talk about how that ties into your aura color. But first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. So are you, are you a people pleaser? I am 100%. I can say this without a doubt. Yeah. Shadow of a doubt. I am a people pleaser. Really? Yes. Definitely. Well, well let's put you to the test. All right, we will. We will. Okay. Let's, let's hold off on that. Okay. Because I, you know, I want to continue having that status for another 20 <laughs> minutes. Because I know once I take this quiz, it's probably going to find out that I'm not a people pleaser. Well, who knows? You don't know. Well, I mean, I think I am because, you know, I, like, I shop at stores and I give them money and I buy True. things. Yes. And I give good tips. Yeah. You know, what do they call me outside? Mr. Big Man or something? Yeah, that, that, I've heard that. Mr. Big Man thrown that, out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I give the big tips. You, you shake hands with people? I shake hands with, well, not anymore. I don't. But That's yeah. right. Yeah, you I say hello? Yeah. I do say hello. Yeah. Um, I will give the elbow now. You like, do elbow yeah. people. I will do it in the elbow. Yeah. I noticed um, that, by the way. And I've been meaning to tell you. Yeah. It's a little weird. I give people my <laughs> undivided attention at parties and things like that. You do? Uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> We don't go to parties anymore. Oh, that's true. When will we start to go to them again? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and, and speaking of parties. Yes. Oh, this is a good segue. Great segue. Here. Um. Well, we, we actually, we let, let's go to, to last night. We did our, uh, or you did, and I helped you a little bit. But, of course uh, you did. I mean, you do the majority of it. Oh. The uh, Recovering Empath Workshop, which yes. we do on Zoom. Yes, yes. And it, it was just incredible last night. Oh, my gosh. Um, this was the first time, like, <laughs> I was actually... Literally in tears. Oh my god! Um, I don't. I don't know if we mentioned the name. I don't know if they. they you say like Heather. Her Heather. first name. It was a is a frontline worker, yeah. an ICU nurse, and, and I mean, because at the end I do something called a, the return the suffering meditation, and she shared how in her meditation that we do together, she gave back the suffering to just she said a line out the door right. of people who've passed. Uh, right. You know, basically. Um, talking about what I guess like the grief she's left with after not being able to save everybody, which of course she couldn't have. Of I mean, not. but like just reminds you of what a lot of our healthcare workers have gone through this past year. Yeah. So, I mean, that was just so touching. It was the last, you know, you'd done other ones and there was other great stories all Always. night long. And yes. every time, every time we do this, there's these, I cry incredible... every time. Yeah, yeah. You cry every time. <laughs> yeah. This was actually the first time I cried. Right. Um, but I mean, I probably should have cried because you always do a thing. Where, are you uh, an empath or are you empathic? Right. And it always comes up that, you know, obviously you're an empath and everyone else in the room is mostly an empath. And then there's me who's empathic. Right. So, um, you know, I don't actually feel what the other people are feeling. But, right. Um, but that one you did. But that one I did. Yeah. yeah. That one I definitely did. Unless you're a red blue. If you're red blue, they come, they come through. Yeah. A lot of those energies. <laughs> yeah. They come through. And then for some reason, I just do things that. Yeah. You know what it is with you. We've talked you, about that before. Yeah. You pick up a lot of mediumship stuff. Yeah, now I never now did you before. Do. Never did before. Mm-hmm. Never, never did before. Uh, but now it, it, they somehow can come through me. Again, we, I've, I know I've talked about this before, but, but we have a lot of, you know, the, the MMSF uh, has really been buzzing lately. My you know? gosh. Yeah, I mean, uh, people are starting to, now that the pandemic's over, they're starting to form uh, like meetups in yes, cities. Yes, in and different cities. I think there's a group in New York City that's getting together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago, I think yeah. someone said in May they're getting together. Yeah, South Florida, um, invite us. <laughs> yeah, South Florida, yeah, we're available. Um, yeah. yeah, we don't have much on our plate here. Uh, we don't do much, so invite us. Um, but And then, of course, we're going to do 
our huge one. We, yes. we, we did this one right before the pandemic hit. Thank God. Last it was like year, all last we had. Years ago. And then the pandemic came. I mean, and we've all been clinging to that memory of how incredible <laughs> it was. So we're definitely going to do it again this year. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like every day, I think, actually, this is so funny. I was actually thinking about it on the way to dropping the kids off. Yeah. And I drove right past the school. That's, that's how much it was so on my mind funny. today. Did they yeah. all yell at you? No, none of them yelled at me. They didn't none even th- notice? They didn't even notice. That is so funny. They're do, all buried in their phone. We do a carpool. Scott does a carpool in yeah. the morning for a bunch of kids. Like, okay. I'm like, apologize. I'm like, oh, guys, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so They're sorry. like, what? They're like, huh? <laughs> it's too early. Yeah. <laughs> it's too early for <laughs> but that. But anyway, so I'm thinking really funny. for this gathering, uh, either uh, November or possibly January. So yeah. January 20, It's like 22, before the holidays or after. After the holidays. I mean, I really want November. I'm pushing now for. I'm thinking November now. You really like November? Yeah, like that's going in my head. And yeah, um, it's nice down here in November too. Oh yeah, it's, it's still really there, warm. So. Yeah, but uh, and and the other thing is the group, you know, and I put a post up about this on the on the Facebook page. They really behind the scenes mm. are taking care of each other. Oh my god! They, yeah, it's a family. They, it's a family. Like the donate, like donations come in. Yeah. They don't even they, they want to do it anonymously. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've had people donate their readings to other people, like, take my slot, give it to someone else, because you know, the wait list is so long. They'll, they'll they're giving their slots, uh, they'll whatever, whatever the I know they, people have been helping know. each other out financially. People have been helping yeah. each other out. Call me. I have advice for you. Right. D- does anybody know about this? Yes, DM me. Like their own skills and talents and pro- professional abilities. They're lending to each other. It's yeah. a true family yeah um and this is on the facebook page by yeah, the way we learned yesterday there's a there's a group of pinks that have all gotten together pink oh orders. my gosh i didn't know about that <laughs> we didn't even know about there's that. like a <laughs> there is there's like a pink message crew yeah <laughs> that's great and i'll and i'll tell you to be a fly on the wall <laughs> to be a fly on the wall. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah invite us to that too um and, and i'll tell you so you know you think sometimes when you make a donation you know oh you gotta donate a thousand dollars or you know you gotta donate you know, whatever, $5,000, a big amount. But I'll tell you, some the average donation is probably around $11.11. And, 11 cents. Mm-hmm. and for $11.11, you can change somebody's life. You're saying just like to an organization or somebody that you care about, just giving them a little bit means yeah. more than you think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I, you know, we get a lot of emails and I wanted to read this one. Mm. Um, I'll just say the first name. And I think this, it's a long email, but it touches the, the point that I'm trying okay, to make. Okay, go ahead, okay. read it. So, you, right. so we got this email yes. from, what's her name? Okay, this email's from Nicole. And Nicole, I will email you to tell you that this is going to be on. Okay. Dear Mystic Michaela and Scott, I've thought about writing this email many times, and I even wrote it out a few times, but was too embarrassed to send it. So if you're reading this, I actually did it. Yay. All <laughs> Yay. right, all right. That's the first step. <laughs> first, I just want to say how grateful I am to you and your podcast. You have led me down the journey to becoming an authentic, my authentic self, mm-hmm. and although it is a continuous, difficult one at times, it has been amazing. You have helped me through a lot of the struggles in my life. I may even go as far as saying that you have saved my life in oh, some ways. Oh, my God. So, so thank you from the bottom of my soul. Oh. Uh, that part was obviously for you. Oh, that's <laughs> so little, sweet. Yeah, that's my, my go-to is trying to make a joke, oh. these kind of things. All right. Now, enough sappiness. I want to tell you more of my story and why I wanted to reach out. If you made it this far... In reading. Okay, we have. And so has the thousands of people listening. Uh, I have been a fan of yours ever since I've heard you on the Caitlin Briston podcast. 
Caitlin Bristow podcast? Yes. I'm also a super fan of hers, and I think it comes down to how amazing she is at manifesting her dreams, which is sort of the theme of my story. When I heard you had a podcast, I started listening right away and was blown away. I even joined the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family on Facebook and loved every part of the community on there. All right, so she found you through the, when you were on Caitlin's. Mm-hmm. In 2020, I started a fundraiser to raise money for International Polar Bear Day, February, which is February 27th, which is actually our... That's our daughter's birthday. Our daughter's birthday. Brianna's birthday. Mm-hmm. Backstory. I have loved polar bears for as long as I can remember. I'm obsessed, to put it lightly. Let's just say I've been manifesting them into my life for a long time. I was so proud that I met my fundraising goal that I wanted to humbly brag on the Facebook page. Aw. Okay. Are a, you getting emotional? Am I allowed to take a sip of water here? Take I don't a sip want to get any more death threats. Do, <laughs> do, <you want> <laughs> do you want me to pause it? No, no, please. All right. All right. Well, to my shock and probably my second biggest fangirl moment of my life, Scott, <laughs> you read my post and found my fundraiser and donated me $11.11. Okay, I guess I did that. You probably even forgot you, that you did it. Uh, yeah. Do you remember? I, mean, no? I just thought it was a great cause and she wrote it so, so nicely. so excited. And, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm going to help her. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And when I like, say... Yeah. Just, like yeah. you said, just 11, yeah, 11, was, 11. Yeah. Just 11 dollars right. 11 cents. You know, when I say I lost my mind because I was so excited, I mean it. I called my mom hysterically crying. She thought I was kidnapped. (laughs) (laughs) Until I was able to get out and tell her what actually happened. And she wasn't scared anymore. Sorry, mom. Anyway, fast forward to January 2020 when I secured my dream job. That is right. I now work with polar bears up close and personal. Stop it. That's That's some amazing manifesting. Yeah, that's. I I don't even think Caitlin Bristow can do that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, you you just crushed Caitlin (laughs) Bristow. It's not a competition, but that's great. You know, my red makes it a competition. (laughs) You're making it a competition. I mean... Caitlin would, like, clap for her so hard. Yeah. I mean, think about Mirrorball, polar bears. Mirrorball, polar bears. Stop. Stop. She's the nicest person. She'd never, ever compete with that. Of course. Of course. course. (laughs) Polar bears are better. All right. (laughs) I was working in a cornfield prior to this, so this was a major career change for me. Every day I worked in with, a cornfield. She was working in the cornfield, oh, wow. and then she got the job, okay. her dream job with the polar bears. Cool. Every day I worked with these three amazing bears at the. Oh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Let me do it. Co train C O C H R A N E. Co train or co train or co train. Yeah, polar bear habitat in northern Ontario. Mm. Their names are. I'm not going to pronounce. They're names. yeah, native names. <laughs> native. I'm assuming. Yeah, and the last one's Henry. So <laughs> There's like Henry. something native, something native Henry. Because <laughs> you don't want to mess up the yeah. like. It's probably Inuit names. Okay, I just wanted to share my story with you because I truly believe without you both, Mr. Michaela, for teaching me how to live authentically, and Scott for supporting me without even knowing me is mm. part of the reason I ended up where I am today. Wow. Wow. Um, well, I don't even feel worthy of that, like, accreditation, yeah. <laughs> like, at all. Yeah. But I'm just so happy for her that she's working. Yeah. At the, you know what's interesting, too? And, and um, I, I think I say this in my Empath Manifestation episode, but just if I didn't hear it is again or not or for the first time. When you take part in something, you actually jump on its vibration. So her kind of raising money for a polar bear, like awareness day or whatever that was called, um, that's like you jumping on that high vibration. And when you do that, it kind of helps you 
uh, streamlined right to your goals. So the same thing, like if you want something for yourself, try to look at the the greater good and yeah. where that's supported and lend your energy to it because that vibration will come at you. And she probably wasn't even, that wasn't for her. That was a very selfless thing to put up that for her, for yeah. on her social media. You know, she wasn't planning, I'm going to do this so that this happens. It's right. just, that's how the universe works. She like lent her energy to that and it jumped her right on that train. Yeah. That's a me. Ama- that's that's, that's amazing, a great yeah. story. Thank you for sharing story. that. And again, just well, maybe we can bombard them with eleven elevens and that get some money really for those cool. polar bears. Yeah, but uh, you know, just just something like that. So little, you don't even think about it. Yeah, it could really help somebody. So yeah. and that's what's going on throughout our entire. Group yeah, because right I think like sometimes it's just the thought. Like when when somebody needs something and you're like, how can I listen to you or how can I just be generous with my heart or just even if it's a little bit of money, it's very meaningful to people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so we definitely encourage you. I love our family. Yeah, definitely encourage you to join the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family on Facebook. Yeah. All right, we have a couple ads. Yes. And then I'm going to take that quiz. And then you're going to take the People Pleaser quiz, and everybody else is going to take it too. Yes. I'm so excited that Skillshare is a sponsor of the podcast today. You know, I love learning new things, getting a new perspective, and Skillshare is the platform in which to do that. They are an online community an online learning community that offers membership with meaning. There's tons to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives. Basically, Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. Brianna, my eldest, and I are trying this class. It's called Cookie Decorating for Beginners. Create incredible edible art with Lori Shannon. She's an icing artist, a baker, and a YouTuber. And you know what? We're doing our best, but we're learning a lot. It's a lot of fun. The classes are very short, little segments, very manageable. You really change your perspective. We're having fun. We're doing something that we wouldn't have been able to do yesterday. These are classes designed for real life. These are skills I'm going to use forever. This is knowledge that just will never go away and the experiences that go with it are meaningful to me. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. Listen, like an annual, an annual subscription is less than $10 a month and you got to check it out. Just the countless number of things you can do on there, but get, get this. Okay. Thank you. Skillshare, because you can explore your creativity at skillshare.com slash KYA and get a free, free trial of premium membership. You can go check it out. You go take a couple classes. You can go see what it's all about. That's skillshare.com slash KYA and get that free trial of premium membership. And let me know what classes you took because there are so many to choose from. Upstart is another sponsor of this podcast today. You know, when it comes to paying off debt, it can often feel like an uphill battle. High interest rates resulting in minimum monthly payments keeps you in an endless cycle of debt. A lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. You don't have that peace of mind that you need. But listen, Upstart can help you get ahead. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online, whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses. Over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income and employment history. This means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, just five minutes, you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. So what to do? Go to 
upstart.com slash K-Y-A to find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments. That's upstart.com slash K-Y-A. Please don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Upstart.com slash K-Y-A. Hey, Scotty. All right, so let's take this quiz. We're going to find out if you're a people pleaser, and it's on BuzzFeed. It's a BuzzFeed quiz, and um, everybody at home can take it too. All right. All right? All right. So question one. I'm ready. Now, usually you don't like multiple choice questions because you're like, I do neither of these, but you have to pick one. Okay, have to pick one. Yeah. Got it. So you're at a party, and you've somehow found yourself talking to the most boring people there. What do you do? Okay. All right. One, announce that you're going to get another drink and then never return. Drag one of your friends into the conversation in an attempt to liven it up or talk to the boring people all night because you don't want to offend them by leaving. Okay. So definitely not the third one. Yes. That no. one's like, I cross that one right out. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm leaning. To, does it have to be exactly the first one? I mean, I'm, it's the first one. Yeah. That's you. You wouldn't even, because you wouldn't even announce you're having another, you just leave. You just <laughs> walk away. That's what I was going to say. Like, I wouldn't even announce that I'm getting something. Right. I would just be like, just... All of a sudden, mid-sentence, you would not find me there. I know. Yeah. And I, then they find me and they're like, why did your husband just walk away while I was talking to him? <laughs> and then I sit there the rest of the night and talk to them. Right. Okay. okay so you'd pick three. Yeah. The third I'm, one. I'm doing this quiz okay. for you. Okay. I don't know if there are results, but I'm going to just make this for you. Okay. okay thank you. Question two. You've had an exhausting week at work with Mystic Michaela, okay. and you want to spend Saturday... <laughs> watching tv and bet your friend is moving houses and asks you to help what do you do okay one tell your friend the truth you're exhausted and need a day to relax okay two compromise by offering to help for a couple hours in the afternoon three find yourself organizing her entire house move all right well the choice would be i'd probably just like complain to you why they can't just hire a mover yes that's exactly what you do so i'd be like why is this my problem you yeah know, what do yeah. they want from me? Yeah, you, know, you probably like, ask them a lot of questions yeah, too. Like, why I didn't mean, you hire a mover? Where's yeah. your other friend today? Yeah. It's not like, yeah. you know, you're moving out of your dorm room okay, in college. You, this isn't real. Okay. <laughs> just, like, just pick one. All right. So <laughs> I, th- I think it was the first one, right? You, would you tell them to exhaust? I feel like no, you I wouldn't even tell, No, I wouldn't make an excuse. I feel like you would um, offer to help when you could help. Because I've okay. seen you do that. All right. Like, because people All have right. asked us to move okay. and you do it when it's convenient for you. All right. If it was convenient for me. I think you're too. You'd compromise by offering to help a couple hours in the afternoon, which for you is just like you'd tell them when you're coming over. Right. And I'd tell them what kind of pizza I like. Yeah. And things like that. <laughs> what is it? How come nobody asks us to help them move anymore? Are I, we out of that age bracket? We're either it used added, to be yeah. like every weekend. Oh, I know. Remember? I, I think we aged out of that one. We aged out of that one. Everybody, you age out of that. People stop be, asking yeah. you. Yeah. Or it could be that they know that I break things. <laughs> no. Yeah, because like the time I broke that fish tank with all the fish in it. Oh, God. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. No, that didn't happen, people. Oh, okay. I got <laughs> nervous. I was like, I thought you were talking about that guy that had all the fish when you helped him move. I thought oh, that was a plausible really, thing. Yeah, it was. Because we had a friend who was like obsessed with this fish. I know. I, and I, I was I like, oh. I didn't want to get 100 DMs from empaths saying, what happened to the fish? Yeah, so, well, I was thinking that too. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Okay. All right, give me the next one. Question three. You're at a restaurant with a friend and you've eaten too much. <laughs> you're full, but your friend wants to split a dessert. What do you do? Tell her you're full, but say that she should go ahead and order a dessert. Warn her that you're full, but say you'll have a bite of whatever she orders. Agree to split dessert, even though you don't really want it. 
Uh, the, uh, probably the first one for me. Yeah. I mean, I would tell, yeah, I'm like, I'm, you know what, I'm full. I'm just going to get a coffee. You get the dessert. And uh, that's that a pleaser thing, though. Like, is that a pleaser thing? Yeah, for not you, but oh. like for me, like for I think a lot of us, like we don't, this is terrible. Like, let's say you're with somebody, you don't want to look like you're being judgmental by eating healthy when they're not. Like, so you'll eat crappy because they're eating crappy because you don't, isn't that awful? Oh. Or even the opposite, like they're eating healthy, but you don't want to feel like bad by eating bad in front of like it's a food is a weird people pleaser thing okay i've been really working on that for me i'm just like hey would you hey this is what i order would you order like i don't you know. yeah i know you don't sound much like a people pleaser so far so Wait, I, what I, <laughs> i'm definitely a people pleaser question four okay your housemate hasn't done her dishes and you need her and you need to use the kitchen so your housemate hasn't done her dishes and you need to use the kitchen what do you do okay tell your housemate what language is this? English? Like, are they like housemates? <laughs> Tell your housemate to clean up so that you can start cooking. Hey, okay. clean up. I got to start cooking. Tell your housemate that you'd like to use the kitchen and offer to help her clean up. Clean the dishes yourself. You don't want to cause a fuss. Hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> I don't think you do any of these. Is this housemate late on the rent? Oh. Does that matter? Um, yeah. Okay. The, yeah. Oh, my God. This happened to you. Yeah. Okay. All this right, is I'll, funny. You've lived with five other guys. You lived with four other guys before. Yeah. I what mean, did you do if the if the kitchen was messy and you needed to use it? I would do takeout. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever used the kitchen. Yeah, I know. So this is hard. I'll go with one. The first. Tell one. your housemate to clean up so you can start cooking. Yeah, but I'm not going to cook anyway. So, like, what would you do if like it was their turn to take out the trash or whatever, or all their trash was in the trash? Would you just take it out for them? No. Or would you tell them, hey, clean out your trash? I'm like, clean out your trash. Okay, that's yeah, the first yeah, one. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's funny. You actually had a predicament like that. Because I remember like one of your roommates, this is when you were like 24 and living with four other guys and working at Domino's, yep. said that you were a very um, rude housemate hey. because you weren't clean. <laughs> Well, and I told you that he said it, and you're like, well, he's always late on the rent. At least I'm not late on the rent. I mean, look, I can go with, like, first of all, I don't think any of them listen to this podcast. No. But I could say things about them, you know, <laughs> that would just blow this whole thing up. <laughs> you're just like, the things I've seen yeah. living with four other yeah. men. Yeah. I mean, I have seen things so disturbing. <laughs> That, you know, and, you know, I know I can't see things in my mind. You know, I don't have that. But yeah. I know a lot of the people that listen, like, can actually the see the visuals. I can make things that you can visualize. They must be burned in your image, though. There must well, be some things are burned in there, right? Yeah. I mean, don't, are we going there? No, we're okay. not. Okay. Because okay. I know what you're about like, to say, and that was very disturbing. Okay. Because okay. I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. Your colleague asks you to help them with something at work, but you really don't have time. What do you do? Okay, so this would be you? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Scott, can you help me? Okay. But you don't have time. What do you do? All right. Tell her you'd love to help, but you're really busy right now. Yes. Help her work out how to tackle her problem, but then get on with your own work after. Drop everything to help her. You can always stay late to get your own work done. Um, well, I do like, you know, here's the thing. I do like to, I am, I do like to solve problems for people. Okay. Like I am, like I will give people advice mm-hmm. on that. Probably not good advice, but oh. I will try to come up with a solution. Like, like, like that's a big thing for me. Like, and living with three women, I come up with a lot of solutions. Like, yeah. and especially Brie, you know, being a, whatever you call it, preteen or teen, whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
But, you know, I try to come up with a solution for you. And so I don't know if that's an A or B answer there. So, like, I, I usually don't, like, just brush you. I mean, sometimes I do. Okay, but. so when you were working at the school. Oh. And somebody's like, hey, can you help me, I don't know, organize this field day? No. <laughs> now it's someone you like. Hey, can you help me organize this field day? At school? Yeah. Maybe. If I, don't, if I can leave right after the bell rings at the end of the day. Like if it doesn't, if it doesn't encroach on my time. I'm going to say rings. two for you. Two? Well, it's like a I'll, one I'll give or, you that one. It's like a one or two. All right. I mean, yeah. Next one. Okay. You're planning a night out with your friends and someone needs to volunteer to be the designated driver. What do you do? Okay. Say that it's not your turn as you were the driver last time. Promise to drive next time if someone else does it this time. Somehow end up driving everyone to their individual houses at the end of the night. Okay, definitely not the third one. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with being the, the designated driver here and there. So, well, that's the last one. Oh, that's the last one? Yeah. No, that's like taking everybody home. Isn't there like when I'll do it this time, you do it next time thing? That was, well, just that's the first one. Okay. I mean, I'm sorry, that's the last one. Oh, okay. That, that's what it means. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, you, I'm, I'm, you've always been the driver. Yeah, you, you don't like other people to drive you anyways. Right. I don't mind being the designated driver. I'll have a drink or two and that's okay with me. Okay. You have a really exciting date planned for Saturday night, but your sister has asked you to babysit. What do you do? Apologize to your sister and explain that you've been looking forward to this date for ages. Rearrange the date and babysit. Your sister deserves a night off. Agree to babysit and give up the idea of going on that date at all. You know your sister will call you next week too. <laughs> All right, I, I think at this point, I'm just not a people pleaser. Is that what we're kind of getting at? Yeah, I think that's just, no. Yeah. I, I don't know how many more of these Yeah, there I, think, are, I think we're okay. But I think that it's fair to say yeah. you're not the people pleaser that yeah. you thought you were at the beginning of this. Yeah, I thought, at the beginning I thought I was, and now I realize I'm not. It's okay. I mean, one of my things I always say, and I've said it before on the podcast, yeah. is it's okay if certain people don't like you. I feel you're actually doing a, a good thing if some people don't like you. Uh, because if they did like you, you'd be doing something wrong. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's okay that not everybody likes you. Yeah. Um, especially if they're a bad person. Why would you want that person to like you? Uh, that wouldn't even make any sense. That would be a stain on your character. Well, you can't please everybody. You can't but please it's everybody. hard because pleasers feel that one... We were actually talking about this yesterday because like, yeah. I read this thing about how our brains are wired to pay more attention to the negative than to the positive. So yeah. you can hear like a thousand great things about you, but if you hear, if you hear or feel one bad thing about you, it's going to stand out the more because our brains are wired to pay more attention to negativity than positivity. For, you know, I, make, I think that makes sense because yeah. for survival purposes, as like animals or whatever, you're supposed to really pay attention to danger the most. And, and, but it's funny because like we we perceive someone not liking us as danger when you're a people pleaser. Mm. Is that funny? Yeah. Like that's how strong it is in us. We think that it's the same thing as like, like a wildfire coming at us or a saber tooth tiger or something. It's like so-and-so didn't like that. I said no to her PTA meeting or whatever, you know, yeah. it feels the same. That's why we're so affected by it. Yeah. So you're basically what you're saying is most of the people listening to this Probably are people pleasing. I would say that a lot of them are. Yeah, yeah, probably. So a lot of people are going to resonate with this. I think so, yeah. And I'm probably in the minority for people listening to this show. All right. But but, Yeah. All right. Um, I could could live with that, so I'm not a people pleaser. Okay. All right. So speaking of people pleasing, Mm -hmm. uh, we want to talk about Dipsy. Dipsy is one of our uh, sponsors. And, you know, I I do a little, uh, you know, side work for them, as most of you know. And basically, they, they told me, you know, I, I'm there to turn people off when they turn people on. 
And basically what they want from me is they want me to put some innuendos into it. So like that it doesn't – like it turns them off, but then they secretly are turned on. So the, the one I'm going to do today will, will in, uh, be about that. Okay. Everyone needs an escape, but those can be hard to come by right now. Enter Dipsy. Let yourself get lost in a world where good things happen and where your pleasure is the only priority. Today I'll be doing the grocery store checkout. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Michael the clerk said, I see you like eggplant. Are you having it for dinner? Each Dipsy audio story features characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios, so you feel like you're right there. Yes, I love eggplant. I also enjoy corn on the cob. Listen to stories about hooking up with your hometown crush you've never made a move on or that coworker you've always had a little thing for or maybe a story that puts you in bed with someone who's telling you exactly what they'd like to do to you. The clerk then said, are you a hot dog guy? Bun or no bun? They release new content every week, so there's always more to explore no matter who you're into or what turns you on. Definitely bun, but definitely no mayonnaise. No. And if you need to wind down, Dipsy also has wellness sessions, sensual bedtime stories, and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. You're all bagged up and ready to go. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial, free trial, when you go to dipsystories.com slash K-Y-A. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to Dipsy, D-I-P-S-E-A, stories.com slash K-Y-A. All right. I hope I please the, the Dipsy people. Dipsystories.com slash K-Y-A. All right. So... We already learned that I'm not a people pleaser, but I'm pretty sure that you are a people pleaser. So let's hear what you have to say. Let's do it. I wanted to talk about this today because it's something that is a true affliction for me. And I think it's also something that is such an affliction that I don't even like, I don't know, I live with it and I I don't even realize it half the time, which is real bad. That's real bad when it starts to become like ingrained in you. And that's my people pleasing issue. And I think... I am talking to a lot of you. I think I'm speaking to many of you here when you're like, oh yeah, me too. (laughs) And it's hard when you're a people pleaser because people just start, oh, you're the nice one. You're nice. Oh, ask her. She'll do it. You know, she's nice. And it starts to become ingrained in your identity. And then all of a sudden you start to feel like it's not a choice anymore. Okay, that people pleasing is now who you are. And if you don't do it, you're going to confuse everybody. And so it becomes almost like this feeling of suffocation or forced or trapped into this identity of the nice one. And right there, you telling somebody, yes to everything or no to everything has nothing to do with who you actually are as a person, whether you're nice or not. Um, Because that's under the assumption that what other people feel about you, other people's perceptions, how other people interpret you is reality. So when you look up kind of like the research for people pleasers, you know, psychology and stuff like that. And again, I'm not a professional at all. This is just my own experience that I like to talk about on this podcast. They say 
that it has to do with some sort of maltreatment as a child. It has to do something with how you were programmed and your upbringing. Um, there was a reinforcement of you being good and lovable if you were a pleaser to someone else. And it's something that is very ingrained and therefore extremely hard, if not impossible, to break as you grow into adulthood. And it finds its way into every relationship, every work situation. It's just this awful habit of mind where you feel like you don't have a choice other than to be a pleaser or nice. And right there, that's where we're getting, that's where we're walking up to today. And we're taking a close look at that. Because we have to separate as all things in here, what is our programming versus who are we? And the line distinguishing what other people feel about you versus your own interpretation of self. Because those are two different things. And I think when you're a people pleaser, you feel like truth lies outside of you. And that you find, and, and finally, there's a big issue with you only feeling as though you are who other people say you are, that you're not who you interpret yourself to be, that you define yourself by other people's interpretations or definitions of you. And that's the issue. I'm going to take this one step further because when I was kind of deep diving on people pleasing and and trying to understand it, as I always do, I took it through the aura filter and I talked about this on the on the Aura Kids episode very briefly when I was talking about blue and indigo Aura children. They are pleasers. They come to you that way. All packaged up. They're pleaser little babies. And if you have a pleaser kid, you know that they're the ones getting kind of shoved around at the playground. And they're like, okay. And they come back and you're like, where's your truck that you brought? Oh, that kid took it oh my gosh, you just got pushed around by somebody and you know deep down that they felt like that's what they had to do to fit in. And that that hurts because maybe you feel like that too. And it's not a truck, it's like the job opportunity or you're the one making all the, I don't know, all the lesson plan notes. I'm talking about my own life as a teacher or you're the one, like, you know, you had, you were the one sharing your homework with everyone in study hall in seventh grade, you know, and you know, you, because what happens is when you're a people pleaser, people take advantage of you. Oh, you're a target. You're such a target. But if you're a blue or an indigo or, you know, really when you're an empath, what happens is, is you do feel other people's feelings as your own. Okay. Like, that's your sixth sense, and it is hard to distinguish it from your own self. So if you can make somebody else happy by pleasing them, you borrow it. You borrow that feeling for a little bit. And that's why when we have kids like that, we have to say, listen, okay, you're a pleaser. You like other people to feel good. I get it. We have to choose the right people to make feel good. And right now in your adult life, I'm telling you, you like to make other people feel good. I get it, but you have to choose the right people to make feel good, not willy-nilly everyone all over the place. And I'm talking to myself too, okay? There's no need to please everybody. We have to kind of condense it down to where it's mutual. All right. So let's talk about signs of being a people pleaser, and then we're going to go into how to fix it. I mean, but like I said... As most things on here, this is part of your spiritual awakening. This is part of your journey. This is part of your ego getting smushed into the ground and dealing with some very vulnerable truths about yourself because your ego 
will pop up and want you to believe that you have to do these things or your life's going to fall apart. You have to keep pleasing people. Otherwise, you're not going to survive. So know that like when we go through all this stuff that your ego is working extra hard right now to be like, hey, wait a second. No, no, no. You, you can't not do that. You can't. All right. Signs are a people pleaser. One, again, you carry investment in how other people feel, feel about you. No, you aren't in charge of other people's happiness. But man, you're going to feel it. If they're disappointed in you, you feel that. Just like smelling. I say this all the time. Highly sensitive people, blues, indigos, turquoises. Uh, turquoises have, they, they get it, but they can, I don't know. <laughs> Every time I talk about turquoises, I feel like it confuses people more. But turquoises, they um, mirror it back a little bit so they can kind of become it. And then purples can feel it too, but then they want to kind of push buttons a little bit. Like, I'm just going to push back on that. So like purples, they'll feel it, but then they kind of want to be like, meh, let's see, let's see how I can piss you off a little bit. So they're, we have more hope for them, but like uh, blues and indigos. Um, yeah, you're going to feel other people's feelings about you and therefore responsible for it. Um, it's not going away. Differentiation is the key. But what is that? Like, why do you always carry the weight of other people's interpretations of you heavier than your own? Mix of programming, you know, because you were programmed to be the people pleaser. That's how you felt worth. That's how you felt like you could fit in. That worked. That has worked for you. There are a lot of places that did work for you. Think about it. Like, that probably got you through some real tough times in life that you were the likable one. You know, but that's no way to live permanently. Yeah, if you're in some sort of horrific, I feel like, you know, I, so I always go extreme. Like if you're in some sort of life or death situation, you you know you can get likable real quick if it depends if your life depends on being likable or not. Like you know you could, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, you don't have to live like that right now, okay? You you you. Your ego is going to trick you into thinking everything's life or death. That if work, you tell someone like, no, I can't cover your shift. Like, you'll survive. It's okay. You know, it's not the zombie apocalypse. You know, it's, it's going to be okay. I used to watch um, The Walking Dead and I stopped because it just got, in my opinion, kind of dumb. But I always thought like I could survive this by being a people pleaser. I feel like that would be my – because I can't do anything else. Like I'm really bad at like killing things or like surviving off the land or just being tough in general. But I feel like I could like buddy up with somebody and be like a really good buddy to them and please them and then they'd protect me. The people pleasing, it has its attributes, but it's just you don't – but you're you're not living in that. You're not living in the walking dead. Like you're okay. I digress. Another sign, you agree with everyone, okay? You can actually go against your own values so as to fit in because you don't want to be disliked. My friend, this is so funny. This is so funny. She, um, you know, we just had a very difficult, and it's still ongoing, but I feel like, I feel like it did chill out a little bit, uh, political situation in our country where there were all, there's a lot of, I don't know, division, and my friend found herself surrounded by a lot of people on the opposite side. And they were all like chanting things and like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then she felt really nervous. And then they were all just like, and so she went, she started going along with it while she was there. And then she admitted this to me, like almost like a confessional, like, and I said it and I agreed and I made friends with the people and I didn't know what else to do. And it's just, you know, and it's, it's funny because 
I guess, like, situationally, um, she felt like she had to do that to fit in. But it's not funny because she truly sat there and felt like she betrayed herself. She really did. And I wonder how many of us have gone through that, like, you know, we just agree with something because we don't want to go through the conflict of saying, hey, I'm going to agree to disagree with you, or that's not how I see things at all, actually, and this is why. You know, sometimes you don't want to have that conversation. Sometimes you don't feel safe having that conversation. Sometimes you just don't want to go there because it's too stressful in your tummy, you know, to, like, tell somebody, like, no, I don't agree with that at all, and you'll avoid it completely. But there's a problem. When you... The second you agree instead, and the second you're like, yeah, me too, like my friend, you know, in that moment, like, yeah, go so-and-so, that's great. The second you agree with it, you betray yourself. You betray your values. You betray everything you hold dear. You betray your soul, and it sticks with you, and you feel that wound that you didn't listen to yourself, that you compromised yourself. So getting into the habit of noticing where it'd be easier to agree in that moment versus, you know, try to think like, how am I going to feel in a couple days from now after I agree with this person? I'm going to feel really crappy about myself. And it's just something to catch in this habit of mind. Um, another sign is you apologize all the time. You apologize all, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. I started in the grocery store. This is where actually I started. I had this like, I don't know, come to Jesus light bulb aha moment. And um, I realized like every time I just accidentally turned a corner and somebody was, you know, in front of you, like what happens in a busy grocery store, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. And I was like, stop saying sorry. Like it just hit me in the grocery store one day. And now I say, excuse me, <laughs> like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I'm trying to teach the kids to say, excuse me, instead of I'm sorry. You say you're sorry if you did something wrong. Okay, your physical presence isn't wrong. You just being somewhere, it's not wrong. Or you, um, you just, you know, sometimes you, you, like the things you're apologizing for aren't worthy of apologizing. It's another betrayal and it's a way to make yourself submissive to another person. And that's not good. Because a lot of times with people pleasers, what happens is, is you get manipulated. People smell that out. People come for you because they know you, and this is my next one, are dependent on praise. You feed off of it. You need validation. So that enter narcissists, enter the toxic people, enter the low vibe people. They're coming for you now. And when you can cut off your need for other people's praise as your fuel, you gain a lot of power back. So stop, and this is something that I have been working on, and it's helped me so much, and it's really hard, and this is, this is hard, okay, and it's going to sound a little cold, but I, it, you have to get to the point where if somebody says something good about you, or if something says something bad about you, it feels the same. So if somebody says to you, oh my gosh, you're amazing, you say thank you, and if somebody says, wow, you suck, <laughs> you say Thank you. Okay. Because it's going to make it feel the same. Make it both things not necessary for you. Now, my husband Scott has a tip. And his is, is that consider the source. So, for example, if one of my clients says to me something positive, I take that to heart and it does mean something to me. If one of my clients would say something 
you know, hey, could you change this or do this? I take that to heart because you guys I trust you and I love you and you're part of my spiritual family. So, or my husband says it or my kids say it or a family member says it like, okay, wait a second. Or a friend says it. I'm listening to you. Now I take it to heart. I take your praise to heart and I take your your construct your constructive criticisms to heart. I'll take that to heart. But if it's somebody you don't know or it's somebody that's kind of on the fringe of your life, consider the source, okay? For both things, praise and not praise. <laughs> consider it as just noise and make it mean nothing to you. Now you don't depend on it. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Bite.com. Bite clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Um, another thing is, like, you can't shake it if someone's angry with you, you know, and again, this just opens yourself up for manipulation. You can't shake it if somebody is displeased with you. It's, oh my gosh, you, you find yourself, let me just talk, talk to them again. Let me email them again. Let me call them again. Let me, you get frantic. Please, I have to fix it. I have to feel, I have to. <laughs> again, you have to, even if this is somebody that you have a good relationship with, it's something that you kind of need to give space to, give time to, and come back to in a little bit. That feeling in yourself of discord is something that has to be addressed when you're a people pleaser because it's a lot of a feeling of imbalance in yourself when you know other people aren't approving you. And the issue there is to fix it isn't really other people now approving you. That's the quick fix. That's the old way to fix it. The real way to start fixing it isn't within, is sitting with it. Okay, I feel like I'm in discord. I'm having major anxiety. I'm all these things. Let me sit with this. I have to, let me write about it. Let me journal about it. Let me meditate. Let me do something. Let me take a nature walk. Let me work out something. Another uh, people pleaser symptom is you can't say no to anything. I went to therapy for this, okay? Like, <laughs> I went to therapy for this. My poor therapist, I still work on this with my therapist, but um, my old therapist, long time ago, uh, like, she had to give me like lines. And I, I, this is when I was teaching. Because, like, um, I worked on a team. Like, when I don't know if they still do this, but the way I used to work, like, I was on a team. So it was, like, I was a Spanish teacher, and then there's a math teacher and an English teacher and, you know, the, you know, the social studies and all that. And my team was always kind of, like, one person on my team, I don't know, she was, like, one of those, like, she was a mess. Like, she couldn't get, she couldn't handle her own work, so it became other people's problems. And then, so she would always be, like, oh, I didn't get to this, could you do this? Or I didn't get to this, could you do that? Or I didn't get to, and it was all the time. And I was in grad school full-time. Like I was busy, you know? So it was like, I was always like, yes, yes. Cause I could never say no. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. So my therapist was like, um, she gave me lines, like, let me get back to you on that, um, was a line. And that was good. And then if they have, um, like if they have like the nerve to come after, to come again, like, did, did you figure out if you could do it or not? Be like, you know what? Um, let me get back. You know, I haven't had a chance to look at it. Yet. Let me get back to you on that. 
And then like eventually, like if you had to have the conversation of actually, no, it's just like, I don't have time for that right now. Or I don't know enough about that to complete it. Or, and then if they start kind of asking you questions like, well, um, (laughs) this is funny. Uh, If they start asking you like, well, you don't know how to do it. Well, let me teach you how to do it. It's like, well, you seem to know more about it than, than I could. So just, I'm just gonna let you handle this one. And then, you know, so it's just kind of like really uncomfortable. I even get sweaty talking about it to this day, but coming up with pre-written, pre-memorized lines for people. So instead of like the knee jerk, yes, it's the knee jerk. Let me get back to you on that. Like that. Um, you feed off others praise. Like I said, oh, you'll avoid conflict at any cost, any cost. That means that if it's between having a tough conversation with a friend or like cutting them out of your life, you'll choose the latter. So like how many of you have just completely avoided someone the rest of your life because you're like, ah, you know, it's just not going to work out between the two of us. I have to have this uncomfortable conversation. So it's over. It's over. Can't do it. Um, can't, you know, or it's just something that you'll just avoid completely. And that's another thing that therapy can help and whatnot, depending on the situation. Finally, when your feelings are hurt, you don't say anything. And you might not even realize it till later. I notice with a lot of, with myself and a lot of um, empaths, you know, who are people pleasers, it might take you a couple days to be like, ooh, that really hurt my feelings the way she said that. Or like, and, and that really hurt me. And, and you can't say it in the moment, but several days later when your energy has separated from theirs and now all of a sudden you're feeling yourself now again and you're feeling your true thoughts and feelings, which other people have the luxury of feeling in their exact moment, by the way. It's just that you might not be able to do that. Like other people, if somebody says something mean to them in their moment, they're so solidified in who they are that they're like, you know, I don't like that or take that back or re, you know, excuse me like that. And if you're a people pleaser, you're like, yeah, ha, 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 that's so funny. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go along with it. Everything you just said. Okay. And then like three, four days later, you're like, Ooh, that really hurt me. Oh, that's like another sign. Okay, how to fix it. All right, so like I said, this isn't some sort of easy fix. We're just we're just scraping some surface stuff here. We're working on one thing at a time. We're we're I I feel like even if you work on 10% of your life, like 10% of this stuff, you work your life's going to get 10% better. And that's a lot. You know, so just don't get overwhelmed by all of this. Just be like, what's one thing I can kind of work on or commit to fixing? Um and I'll tell you the biggest thing you can do overall is start to really observe yourself before you start speaking. So try to do this thing. This is what I do personally. I'll take myself out of a situation and I'm still there and they're talking to me and I'm listening, but then there's this like other part of me. And I wonder if the rest of you can do this because this is like a me thing sometimes. And like, I'll take myself out of it and I'll pretend like I'm watching myself in a movie and I'll hear them and I'll see myself and then I am able to better control what comes out of my mouth. I'm able to better circumnavigate like the conversation so that I don't betray myself by saying yes to something or agreeing something I don't agree with or thinking, okay, in three days, how are you going to feel about this? Like all that kind of observational kind of removed energy. I've had to work on this a lot. So that's just an overall tip before I get into other stuff. But another another way to fix it is not to overcommit, all right? So people-pleasing has a dark side to it because when you do too much for others, they all of a sudden, they don't feel no need to do a thing for you. So it can leave you sometimes with friends, but also feeling isolated because 
all of a sudden, like you're not getting offers for help. Like you're not getting birthday gifts. Like you're not getting invited out to lunch. Like you don't get anything because they're just so used to you being cool and chill and not needing anything and always worrying about them that there's no room left for them to do it for you. And also you've probably attracted people who are super more into a relationship like this than a mutual one. So when you overcommit, you don't leave room for them to show you what they can do for you. So hold back a little, but without expectation. Don't have expectations. When you hold back a little bit, don't expect, you know what, it's my birthday coming up. I'm going to see if they make some sort of plan for me to hang out or whatever, but I'm not going to expect it. I'm not going to. And see what happens. And when, and, and because, in, and listen, everybody's going through stuff. So I'm not saying like be hard on your friends or like really hold them to some sort of standard. I'm just saying like be gently observational about it. Um, because some people will step up to the table and some people will give back. And honestly, though, a lot of them may disappear. And that's okay. You know, that's okay because it's going to open you up as you change for different people to show up. The ones who are going to be more mutual because you're ready for that. You're ready for that. And when you aren't a people pleaser, the ones who need one are going to go away now. Um, another thing, self-awareness. Like I, you know, that's what I was saying. Take yourself out of yourself. Self-awareness. It's a habit of mind. It's hard. And it's an internal type of thing. It gets easier all of a sudden. But then what happens is inevitably you're going to level up. So you're going to get really good at like, okay, I learned how to deal with my friend. She's always, you know, she drinks too much when we're out and I don't like going out with her anymore because it, one, I end up taking care of her and she expects me to, or two, I start drinking too much too when I'm with her. Otherwise she'll feel like she's being judged. So I do it too. Um, so maybe you've gotten to that point. You're like, oh, you know, I had a talk with her. I'm like, listen, you know, that's not my jam. You know, I'm more of a Netflix stay at home kind of girl tonight. I don't really feel like going out. Okay, fine. You know, set a boundary, whatever. But then what happens is spirit's going to level you up. They're going to bring you more challenging situations. And, um, you know, it's, it's just that that's the thing. So when you're self-aware, notice that it'll get easier, but then you're going to get into I don't know, like phase two, phase three, phase four, and they start sending you other stuff that's like more difficult to deal with. And that's honestly, it's a challenge, but it's also something that's an indication that you've, um, you've gotten stronger. It's kind of like at the gym when you, all right, five pounds, it's too easy. Okay. Well now it's time to go to eight pounds. It's like, Ooh, I don't like this. This is hard. Well, that's your spiritual awakening. So get used to it. (laughs) But seriously, that's, what's going to happen. The more self-aware you are, the better at it you get. And then the more challenges will come. And that is just part of soul growth. And that's okay. Um, know that you've been living in, in, and here's another thing you have to know that you've been living in the fear your entire life of other people's disapproval and know that that sick feeling in your stomach, it's probably not going away. And honestly, it's a result of like whatever trauma or maltreatment you endured to become this people pleaser. And it's also from those empath abilities. You're going to feel other people's stuff linking up to it, but it's not something that's going to control you anymore. Um, you have to befriend it. I would befriend that anxiety of people not liking you. Oop, there it is. And you pat it on its little head. That's why I always say, like, okay, little anxiety fear because I'm not people pleasing. I understand who you are and it's loud and you just look at it and you're like, I see you. And you tell it, go sit in the back of the bus because I'm driving, not you. And it's just not going to control you anymore. 
you're going to be fighting a lifetime war with that feeling. And it's something that you may never even win the war with. Honestly, it's just always going to be there, but you can win battles. So you got to focus on one battle at a time with that anxiety, that fear, that worry that you're not going to be liked. That's that that's it. Like, you know, you, battle by battle, one thing at a time. Try not to get overwhelmed. That's the point to try. You're not going to win everyone, and that's okay too. Um, speak vulnerably, another way you can deal with this. Say to people what's really going on, and how they deal with it isn't your issue. Start, like, really speaking from your heart, you know? Like, like let's say, you know, somebody wants money from you. You know, I don't want to give you money because it makes me feel used. And, and I don't want to have a relationship where I feel used and taken advantage of. That's why I don't want to give you money. And wow, that might, you're going to feel their punch in the gut that you just gave them. But that's how you feel. And you are protecting the relationship with them by one, being honest and not compromising yourself. And if they have an issue with it, that's their thing. And like I said, yeah, you'll feel it. You'll feel their interpretation of you. But you can win those battles with your own vulnerability. They can't argue that. There's no argument to that. It's like, well, that's how I feel. Um, avoiding conflict is a huge go-to for the pleaser. And my husband, Scott, he's always like, oh, you're just kicking the can down the road. Because, you know, I'm a big avoid the conflict person. But it pops up later and then it's worse. So when you start to get self-aware and you see that you're doing it, like, oh, I'm kicking the can down the road. I'm not dealing with this, like, as it's coming up. It's best to just deal with it that flipping day, okay? As uncomfortable as it can be, it will feel better. And here's the thing. That's a huge thing to notice with this feeling of freedom. There will come a time when you're able to feel the distinction between feeling bad about something that you said no about and also good about it at the same time. The bad about it is your programming and your ego. And the good about it is your soul being like, oh my God, thank you. It's a weird thing to describe. Like, you know you feel terrible that someone doesn't like you, but you also feel so free from their control. And this is because you didn't betray yourself and your soul is saying thank you. I hope that makes sense. It's like a good, bad feeling, which is actually a really good feeling. Sometimes we have bad, bad feelings. That's different. Good, bad. Like when you say, you know what? I'm not lending you that money. And you feel really bad because that's them. But you also feel really amazing. You're like, huh, now I don't compromise my own financial situation. This is great. Anxiety isn't just, it's inevitable. You know, I think a lot of us are like, oh yeah, (laughs) my pal anxiety. Um, Especially when you are dealing with, you know, the source of it, which is usually family. Okay. So there is a special people pleasing section of this when it comes to family members. Um, This is really hard. It's really hard to disappoint somebody who basically fed you and raised you and made sure you weren't like, you know, eaten by wolves or starved and or you know died by exposure like they were really truly there for you (laughs) but what is it with us people pleasers we like we're like still thankful for that isn't it's true I'll tell you like that maybe I'm talking about just myself I think a lot of you can relate to this it's like there's something like okay so they I survived so I should forever the rest of my life I should just give like Anything they want, I should give them, you know? And I think that that's really screwed up because I have kids now and I don't, like, 
I did all those things for them, you know, like keeping them alive. And I had them as helpless infants and all that. And I would never, that was my privilege. I'm, I'm so grateful for that opportunity. Like I'm the one that's thankful, you know, like that I got to, they don't owe me a thing for that. I don't, would never want them to compromise who they are because of that. But why do I feel that way? You know, it's something that a lot of people, please, a lot of people who are raised a certain way, um, have to come to terms with. And I need you to see it in a different way. The problem is with family, you can shut down completely. You can just be completely paralyzed um, when you're put in a position of uh, either being a people pleaser or just blowing things up. You will just sit there and just let it happen. You can completely shut down. This is harder because depending on the level of abuse you suffered, you may not be able to face it head on anymore or in person. And that is okay. There are other ways to tell someone no or let them know what your boundaries are or let them know what you will or will not be doing. You don't have to do that in person. Um, You can write letters. You can send an email. Okay. You can communicate in other ways which won't compromise your own integrity. Okay. You don't have to lie. You don't have to avoid it. You can be honest, but you also have a firm boundary. So I just want to put that out there for those of you who have family issues that it's like way too triggering for you. Um to deal with this in person. Okay. Because I think, I don't know. I, I just, I get a lot of people who suffered a lot of abuse, trauma, and they still show up at Christmas, you know, and it's like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do it. But I know you feel sick if you don't and you feel awful and you feel worthless and you feel all these things. But I just want to give that little permission to you in case you don't have that yourself right now. Be your own best friend. And this is how I'll end it. Um, I don't know how else to say this, except my grandmother, and I've said this before, um, and maybe this is dark, but this is what she used to say to me. Because for me, it wasn't dark. For me, it was very empowering. No, not, we are Irish Catholic, so that could be like a cultural thing too. But here I go. She would say, at the end of the day, we are born alone and we die alone. Okay. And what she meant was, you have to be true to yourself because you are the one at the end of the day who deals with the consequences. You and you alone. You're the only one dealing with these consequences. You're the only one dealing with when you said yes to something, you're the only one doing that work. Nobody else is. And man, I'll tell you the people I read, the people I know in my own life who have become actually physically ill, sick, lying in hospital beds alone, so overwhelmed with other people's stuff because they pleased others so much, they disappeared within themselves. And who, who's with you when all this happens? Yourself. You're with you. You're the one lying there. Okay? At the end of the day, you are dealing with you. At the end of the day, you are in your own body. You're the one who has to face you. It's you and you. That's it. And you have to remember that you are here to do great work. I need you to know that you are here to do great, important work. You have a soul contract, and it needs to be carried out. Your angels, they want you to do that. God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, you're here to do something. Amazing things your soul cries out at you to do. And if you are wasting time on feeling like you don't fit in, on feeling like you have to be liked by people that don't even matter in the grand scheme of things in order to survive, I mean, that affects you. That affects your mind-body-spirit connection. That affects your mission. 
So please, if you get nothing else out of this today, I want you to remember that you are worth the time you spend on you. You are allowed to say no, and you are allowed to feel their feelings about it, which are probably not going to be super happy all the time. And that's okay. Your ego is the one taking that hit. Your ego is the one that's taking the hit of, oh, people don't like you. That's your ego taking it. Your ego can take that hit. It's okay. Your soul is the one that's going to thank you for it. And your soul counts the most. All right. So after hearing that, I can definitely confirm I'm not a people pleaser. All right. And as I suspected, a lot of the Mr. Kellis spiritual family members are. Mm -hmm. So what we decided to do is to get their stories. Okay. So you put up a post um, and you wrote, tell us about a time you said yes to something you really didn't want to do. And that got you into a weird slash bad slash awkward predicament. This is for the podcast. I'm talking about people pleasing. People pleasing. Right, okay. So what'd you get? So the first one was from Kelly. Okay. Um, Kelly C. So she says, a guy I'd been dating for a few months asked me if I had feelings for him right before we both went home for the summer from college. I said yes, because I didn't want to hurt him. And that summer, he ended up driving 17 hours to come see me. And I didn't have the heart to break up with him then. When I finally saw him again at a university summer event, I told him the truth. And he had to drive 12 hours home by himself crying. Wow. That's hard. So that's a total of like 47 hours of driving. <laughs> I think that it is hard for people pleasers. We didn't even get into this, but it's like to break up with people. Yeah. You know, the whole, it's not, it's not you, it's me. Or, or how long have you stayed in a relationship? Cause you didn't want to just say no or sorry, or I don't want that to happen. And then it turns into like such a fiasco. Right. Well, I mean, the good news is he became a truck driver and he changed careers because <laughs> he realized out. how much he loved to drive. He loved the road. Yes. He loved the road. <laughs> and he would just cry himself all the whole trip. All right. Um, all right. I'll read one. Okay. All right. So this is from Christy. She wrote, I signed a lease when I lived in Florida. First mistake right there. Yes. That was supposed to be one year <laughs> because I wanted to go back home to California. I knew my time was up in Florida, as we all do. We all get to that yeah, point we're, here we're, eventually. We're, we're living this. <laughs> the night the lease had to be signed, it was super late, pouring rain, and I had a feeling Something was off. Ooh. Ooh, okay. That rain will always do it to you. Yeah. yeah. Ominous. Ominous, yeah. My boyfriend at the time had been out of the other house we were renting in a couple of days. I will never forget. I looked through the lease and see two-year lease. <gasps> Ooh, so a two-year instead of a one. Oh, tricky. I call my mom sobbing, crying, saying, I don't want to be here that long. None of us do. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I felt so much pressure to sign it that I did. Oh, okay. What followed was the worst two years of my life oh, that included no. my now ex-boyfriend cheating on me Ugh. with multiple women. South Florida. <laughs> She's a South Florida purple. South Florida purple. <laughs> me getting anonymous letters in the mail. Oh, no. Yeah, From his South service. Florida purple girlfriends? I don't know. Maybe just the Florida mail service. Okay. We're just mocking Florida. No, here, we're just... And blocker halls confirming this. My Ugh. ex-son... Stealing my jewelry and pawning it. Or her ex stepson. Her ex something. Her like ex's that? son, yeah. Her ex's, her ex's son. Ex's son. Her ex's her, son. My ex son. <laughs> Scott. It's late in the show. <laughs> her ex- okay. So her ex's son. son. Yeah. Okay. Was stealing jewelry. <laughs> really... Pawning it. Her thinking she was losing her mind. Oh, this is 
kicking him out only for him to come back a few months later because oh he was God. living in his car. Florida, I'm telling you. Man, loads of therapy. Two hurricanes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. This is horrible. Where we had to evacuate. The worst mental abuse I could ever imagine. So, that sucks. And That's a not whole good. lot more. I finally had to call my dad and ask him to help me leave before the two years was up. I couldn't take it anymore. That's about South Florida. That really. sounds incredibly Never, South Florida. What did we learn from this, people? Don't sign two-year leases in South Florida. Right. And Don't. honestly, I can see why they make you, they make you stay. It's yeah. awful. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so sorry about that. I have one from Holly L., one of our admins on the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family page, actually. She says, one time a friend begged me to watch her dog. I was 22 and just moved into an apartment with my boyfriend. I was dating. Now, that's her husband. Our apartment complex didn't allow dogs, (laughs) but my friend was desperate. Her puppy came, and he was wildly untrained. He ate the carpet, ate our couch, Barked incessantly on day one. I cried the entire first day he was here. It stressed me out so bad, and I was worried we were going to be evicted. So we paid for a week for him to go to the nicest pet boarding center. It was so expensive and like a spa for dogs. It was nicer than where we would ever stay in because I felt so guilty. Adam, my husband, said I have a problem telling people no when they need help. Yeah, and I I met Adam. I think he's a red red blue like me. Yes. And Holly's what, indigo? Yeah. She's like blue to go. Blue to go, yeah. So that's that, that makes that sounds sense. about right. That sounds right. I yeah. love it. Like I get I so get this, especially when you're twenty two. Like now I'm sure Holly, like, you know, many kids later, she's like, Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But like I get it. Like when you're twenty two, you're like, Well, I could get evicted, but okay, you know, because that's where we're at. <laughs> I get that. Oh, and she did write that she did uh, obtain three uh, containers of MIR. So oh, that's from good. That, that that's was good. good. So that's a positive. I All like right. to put positive spins on positive these. Positive spin. That's a great yes. spin. MIR. Okay. Last one. All right, KCM. Okay, so she. This is what she writes. Okay, so uh, I've had many of these moments. The weirdest slash most awkward one was a few years ago when I was doing online dating. Oh, I love dating stories. These are great. I had gotten lunch with this girl one day, and all seemed fine. A few days later, she asked me out to a bar one night everything was okay and when i was going to leave she got into my car with me she's like do you want to drink in your car (laughs) or go back to your place okay i really wanted to do neither but before i could answer she's like we can just go back to your apartment so we went back there and watched tv for a bit and she kept saying how she couldn't stay because she had to be up early for her kids in my head i'm like great because i just want to go to bed alone she then is like, I'll just sleep here for a little bit, and then you can take me back. Wow. Oh. We go to sleep, but then she wakes me up sporadically through the night talking. In the morning, she tells me she has psychosis and how she has a bite stick so she doesn't bite people. Okay. I could not get out of there quick enough to drop her off, and I never saw her again. She tried to text me once, but I ghosted her, and I did not feel bad about it. So, And this was from a date from online? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, she might need to read your the article that came out in Elle magazine. Yeah, about you. by Rachel Kona. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's funny. Uh, uh, interesting about this biting. Did she get bit in the night? Did she I write guess about she that? didn't get bit. Oh, she didn't get but bit. But the lady was talking a lot and then woke up and said that she has a biting people problem. Oh. That's... But, like, you know, it all started when the chick got in her car and right. it's like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like, 
no, this I'm done tonight because like, you know, and I get it because we've all been there like, oh, okay. Like you just keep going along with it until, you know, you end up in bed with a biter. Okay. <laughs> Scary stuff, man. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. And the rest of these are like amazing. You have to go to the page and read through read these. Those, these yeah. are, they're very inspiring. And I feel like a lot of times when you say yes to something you should have said no to, there's like a lot of shame that goes along with it. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so silly or foolish or I shouldn't have. But these stories help you realize, honestly, a lot of us do the same thing. So you can remember them and be inspired next time when you're feeling awkward saying no. You remember these stories and you'll just be like, no, (laughs) absolutely not. No, thank you. It'll help you. I am not playing Jumanji with you tonight. (laughs) We're not doing that. No Jumanji tonight. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. You know this podcast is for you and about you. And I'm so thankful you spent some time with us today. Take care. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies, and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on your podcast app.